Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. Fear, Overcoming It, 3 of 3. The key verse is found in 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. First, let me go ahead and get this verse out of the way, 1 John 4.18. The Bible reads, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But if you fear, you have not been made perfect in love. Now, many well-meaning people confuse this statement to mean if their love is perfect, which means complete, they'll have no fear. But what's intended here is to have no fear of death. And you can take that out of the context of verses 14 down through 17. But in Hebrews, it reads in verse, uh, well, chapter 2, verse 14, Insomuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he, he's talking about Jesus, has shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. Verse 15, And release those who through fear of death, who are all their life subject to bondage. Now, we may not be able to totally cast out all fear, but we can minimize it with the application of Scripture, much like applying medicine to illness. And keep in mind, it is possible to completely overcome some fears, as I'll share from personal experience. The devotion focus is finding ways to overcome unhealthy fear. To lay some uh, background here for what, what Jesus is intending for us, Listen to this passage out of Revelation 2.10. This is Jesus speaking. Do not fear any of those things which some of you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days, but be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. In this verse from Revelation 2.10, Jesus is warning his people in that day, there were some who were would suffer at the hands of godless people. And even though in this day there are Christians right now suffering similar torture and death for their faith, but for the most part, as Christians, we don't suffer like those did and others who are now in the world. However, Jesus doesn't want fear to lead us by the nose, as in having a nose ring, kind used on pigs. And if he could tell those, some of who would be burned at the stake not to fear, He has every right to urge us not to fear. Not long after Jesus spoke the words of Revelation 2.10, fearful circumstances came upon a Christian named Polycarpus or Polycarp to his friend. And I'm sorry, but I can't write this name or read this name without grinning. I'm almost laughing. And it distracts me, wondering whether Polycarp's parents loved him or not. So is it okay if I call him PC during this story? I hope so, because I've got to. So PC was a disciple of the Apostle John. I'm going to use him as an example of how faith, belief in Jesus as Savior, can make it possible to overcome the most fearful circumstances. And then we'll look at common fears and what we can do about them. Now, the following account is taken from ChristianHistoryInstitute.org. The link is in the the show notes that you can get at HopesHarbor.net. But P.C. was arrested after it was known that he didn't worship the Roman gods. 
He was taken to the arena where Christians and others were killed for sport. And when they brought him there, the pro-council was talking to uh, PC and he said, swear, reproach Christ and I will set you free. But Polycarp answered, 86 years I have served him and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king and my savior? And then PC was burned at the stake. And according to eyewitnesses, the flames didn't kill him right away, so then that he was stabbed. Now, of course, this is an extreme example of facing fear unto death. But the same Savior PC served unto death in order to remain loyal, he's our Savior also. And as far as common fears and phobias go, there are numerous ways to face and overcome these. And here's a few examples intended just to motivate you to search online and educate yourself to your options. There's exposure therapy, and this involves facing a fear by gradual exposure. And the example used on the mayoclinic.com's site was that of a fear of elevators. So someone with that, a therapist would start them thinking about being on an elevator, and then they would have that person look at pictures of elevators, and then they would encourage them to take a one-floor ride then several floors, and then finally ride an, a crowded elevator. And that's, that's that exposure gradually to that fear to get over and help get beyond that fear and manage it. And so this method worked in a similar way for me when it came to acute anxiety attacks when testifying in court. And it was, I had to do that frequently as a police officer. If I was on the stand for any length of time, I began shaking to the point I had to sit on my hands so it wasn't noticeable. And I would, leading up to it, I would think about my case for several days prior to court, and this just created dread. But to help manage this, I practiced testifying. And this is because police officers aren't allowed to read directly from their reports. And don't ask me why. Once I'd get on the stand, I would practice breathing slowly while sitting there. And this helped keep the anxiety lower. And with practice over the years, the fear of testifying became much less powerful. So this is exposure therapy. Another is cognitive behavioral therapy. And the following is a summary of this that I found online. Cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, enables you to manage your fears by helping you gradually change the way you think. And it's based on the interconnectedness of thoughts, beliefs, feelings, and behaviors. And CBT also uses exposure therapy at times. But when I went through CBT, the counselor had me practice several techniques to help me change the way I thought about several different things, including harmful thoughts about myself. And I learned to also to view court differently and I had to face up to my fear of failure. And would you believe a fear of failure caused me actually to perform very well during SWAT calls in a way that came across as fearlessness? And that's because I feared failure worse than death when going after the bad guys. And my team members thought I was brave, but no, I was scared. That's twisted, I know. And so in summary, we have several ways to help reduce unhealthy fears. There are numerous online resources, and there is counseling. I would just encourage you to, to find a Christian counselor, if at all possible, because God does not intend for fear to control us. And even though there are Bible verses encouraging us not to be afraid, 
Sometimes we need help overcoming deep fear, especially phobias. Here's the bottom line. You've got to take some kind of action if fear is controlling your life, either to get professional help through counseling or at least educate yourself with online resources defining the different fears, their causes and effects. And then normally ways to help manage those fears are offered. So the action to consider. What will you do if you're carrying a lot of unhealthy fear? Will you learn how to manage it and maybe even overcome some of those fears? I hope so. I know how miserable, unreasonable fear is. I also know from experience how unhealthy fear can lead to other problems concerning our relationships, our work, our health, and our outlook on life in general. Listen, I trust the Mayo Clinic's online information, so it's a good place to start. And next week's devotion is PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.